This is WCNY's The Capital Press Room, and in advance of the Belmont Stakes, the third leg of the Triple Crown for horse racing, we're checking in with David O'Rourke, president and CEO of the New York Racing Association, which operates racing at Belmont Park, as well as the Saratoga Racecourse, and for now, the Aqueduct Racetrack. Welcome back to the show, David. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure. I'm glad to hear that. So we're speaking about a month after the adoption of a state budget, which included a $455 million loan for you to overhaul Belmont Park on Long Island. Can you remind listeners of how you plan on transforming uh, the site with the financing extended by the state? We'll be consolidating aqueduct here, so we'll be racing year round. Like That's one major shift. Uh, part of the plan, there's a synthetic track going on the inside. So Belmont Park will have four tracks, uh, very unique specifically in the United States. But the building itself at Belmont is massive. It's over you know, 1.2, 1.3 million square feet. And the new building is uh, targeted to be more like 275,000 square feet. So you're talking about quarter to a fifth of the size and uh, a lot more park space. I mean, that's going to be a huge part about this new development. By bringing down the building and uh, extending into the infield, we're, we're going to have the capability to create you know, traditionally you think of the backyard, but there's going to be green space in and around this building everywhere. And I think that's going to be phenomenal for the warmer weather dates that we have here and for families and locals to come out and kind of experience what to me is one of the most beautiful sporting venues in the country. Well, what would the fan experience consist of when you're done with construction that isn't available now? You talked about the green space. So for example, do you anticipate families being able to set up picnic tables and just lounge around in a way that wasn't possible currently? That's exactly right. In fact, Memorial Day weekend, I um, I wouldn't call it a little version of undercover boss, but I, I spent the weekend walking around just trying to revalidate my mind, how I've experienced this facility over the last 15 years and where people gravitate. And what you see on a nice day when it's in the mid seventies is every square inch of green space is occupied with families, barbecues, people with chairs. It's great. Top of the stretch, we have about 20 of them. There are these uh, sectioned off areas against the rail that we put a uh, turf down on and they're all sold out. And then you have the big building and the building itself, we have to remember was built in the sixties for wager specifically. It's a really large warehouse designed to accept bets at that time and place and does not have any of the amenities you'd look for. And then due to its scale, takes up a lot of the green space that, you know, we think opening that back up to the public is going to have a big difference. But you're looking at 5x, if not 10, start including the infield as well. Well, as part of your undercover POS experience, how many races did you ride at Belmont? Yeah. None. So that's a future episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so when you think about overhauling facilities and that fan experience, my mind goes to uh, Saratoga, where you built a whole new facility to replace a temporary facility by the track, the 1863 Club, which is an area that, as opposed to the backyard, is really catered to bringing in big dollar fan experiences. So is that part of the Belmont overhaul as well? Are you trying to cultivate those people who are willing to shell out for a real high dollar, uh, high value fan experience at Belmont? That's a very good analogy. I think there's there's two two forks in this. One is the the amenities for that high value clientele. 
uh, Belmont simply does not have it. Saratoga, obviously, there is the 1863 club that was developed and it's been very successful. I would also hark back, though, to uh, something before my time is the backyard development at, at Saratoga. Now, this is different and it's a different market, but that's an area in Saratoga for families and it really served as an incubator for fans. I, I can't count the number of people I've met since I entered this industry 15 years ago that really got their first impression of the sport in that backyard. And here at Belmont, the backyard's nice, but it's been smaller since UBS, been halved roughly since the arena came in. And the ability to create a family atmosphere where you can come out and it's a sporting experience that's affordable. I just think it's a formula for uh, the next generation. And I think that's a big part of it. So there are cues we're taking from Saratoga, but it's in a different market in the New York market. So the, the building amenities might be slightly different. We have an opportunity now because we're taking down the building and remaster planning the whole property to really focus on the flow through on the park aspect of it. And that's really part of the, of this project that I'm really excited about. Well, what then are your goals for attendance at Belmont Park once this is completed? Are you thinking about, in terms of this, the way you are, the green space, where you're thinking five times as many people, ten times as many people? Or are you, I guess, more conservative in your potential growth when it comes to the fan base at Belmont? With the opening of the infield, the capacity theoretically would increase. Um well, theoretically, I could run a five-minute mile, but it's not happening anytime soon. So what what are your realistic expectations, though? The focus is more about, and actually that's a big part of what we're doing right now, because uh, it's the programming, you would call it. Uh, mm -hmm. What types of inventory do you have at what different levels? Like right now at Belmont, for instance, you, you would have the uh, garden terrace, you would have the box seats, a couple of other rooms like the champagne room that we've created over the last few years, no suites, and stadium-style seating. So I think the one thing that we're probably moving mostly away from is lots of stadium style seating because in racing, the way people experience it or the way they're experiencing it today is the ability to move around is important. You want to go to the paddock, see the horses and set up. So I think it's about the different buckets that we can provide as on the inventory side, the Belmont Stakes and Breeders' Cup are two major marquee events that will be held at Belmont Park. So we have to have the ability to scale up for those events and then scale back down when we're on a, a typical Thursday in um, May. Here. Well, what will a typical Thursday in May look like in the future? Do you anticipate, though, there will be a larger crowd than there is in May 2023? Yeah, absolutely, because we'd have the amenities to draw in the owners in that crowd. Could be more like the 1863 crowd that you uh, referred to. And we'll just have exponentially more capacity of green space for families. So would you ever consider eliminating admission, at least for most racing days, in order to get more people to Belmont with the idea that you remove a barrier to entry for people who have never experienced it before and don't know if it's a worthwhile investment for them? And besides the fact that once you get them in the door, there's other ways to generate revenue, like buying a hot dog or placing bets. Absolutely. That's one of the things we're contemplating in the master plan right now. We would need to be able to have a, an ability to protect areas during major event days or and the perimeter. But to your point on a regular day, absolutely. That's definitely part of the thought process as we're going into the program right now. 
do you think that would be a hard sell with some of your state regulators who would view that simply as you turning away revenue by eliminating admission for certain days? I, I think it's a, a long-term play where it's fan development and it's actually an amenity for the communities around here. So no, I, I don't, we haven't had the conversation because we're not there in terms of uh, presenting the program that be in about a month or so, mm -hmm. but um, I wouldn't think so. No, that would be my guess on that. Well, finally, on that issue of attendance, what is the relationship between attendance and the future viability of thoroughbred racing more broadly? Good question. A lot of the comparisons I've heard in the past are attendance to like 1977 or whatever, name a date, like around when I was born. And TV coverage was different. Uh, the way people interacted with wagering is different. So I think we really have to look at the totality of it. And when you're looking at the track and, and, you know, as we were just talking about these different components of the programming for Belmont, now you're adding in um, amenities we've never had. So that that's good for an existing clientele that would want to come out and enjoy the races. And, and they're used to that type of experience. And in terms of the, uh, the everyday fan, like let's say the everyday racing fan right now, they have more options than ever. There will be a much better facility. Uh, much more comfortable to be at. Uh, but they also have the option to watch on TV, they watch on their phone. And then, just to round that out, with this park-like uh, aesthetic to it, I think it's much more um, enticing to a fan that's new to the sport. You know, so you can just come out here, and it, Belmont's beautiful. And really, that's the main thing we want to show off in this design. It, the tracks are unique. They're huge. The, the first time anyone sees them, it's kind of, wow. If you ever see another racetrack and you see Belmont, the scale of it just is uh, impressive. So I think we're going to um, we're going to give each category of fan or patron something that is far exceeds anything they've ever seen here at Belmont in our generation. But is it still important for you to get people at least once in their life or once a year to come to one of the tracks that you're operating in the future, whether it is Belmont or Saratoga, to ensure that they have some sort of long-term interest in horse racing so that they will turn on uh, the Belmont stakes when it's on NBC, so that they will uh, occasionally to open up their Naira Bets account and, and you know place a bet on the Travers? Uh, or do you think you can do that without getting people to actually visit the physical locations? I think it's totally, it's completely fundamental. Uh, you have that in Saratoga, have had that in Saratoga for a very long time. And in downstate, uh, these facilities were designed mainly focused on wagering and uh, possibly a stadium experience that's kind of evolved where it hasn't kept up. So yeah, we're literally want to create something downstate that is enticing to come out to for a casual sports fan. Belmont's a landmark and the tracks are the sacred ground and um, we're going to build uh, an envelope around that that'll create an experience that um, will be huge for racing going forward and for creating fans going forward because it's a place you want to bring your family what is the timeline for completing the work at belmont uh, right now uh before we get deep into it it's uh for the belmont 2026 would be the target and after a quick break, we'll have more with David O'Rourke, president and CEO of the New York Racing Association, which operates thoroughbred horse racing at the Belmont Park, Aqueduct Racetrack, and Saratoga Racecourse. 
Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. For listeners just joining us, this is the Capitol Press Room, and we're continuing our conversation with David O'Rourke, president and CEO of the New York Racing Association, which was a big winner in this year's state budget, which included a $455 million loan to finance a transformation of Belmont Park. The overhaul of Belmont and the future closure of Aqueduct is going to dramatically change your operations, change your footprint in New York. But are there any other seismic changes to Naira that you want to accomplish between now and when your franchise agreement with the state is up for renewal in a decade? There are, but all my thoughts in this project at the moment. What it'll do is it'll create the utilization rate of the assets that we're using. It will allow Aqueduct to be uh, repurposed. And it allows us an opportunity to kind of redefine the experience that someone would expect coming out to attract downstate. Uh, we have one of the best sporting experiences upstate, and we're going to replicate the fact of being one of the best downstate. Now, it will be different than Saratoga. Saratoga, you could never copy. It's the country fair type, and this is New York City. So that's a big part as we're looking at this planning, what fits the market. I can't emphasize the park in the green space more. I think that's a huge part of racing where nature meets sport. And I think once we have more of that, it's just going to change the entire feel of the track. Well, you kind of just answered where your head is in the last question, but I'm going to press my luck further. Are there any sort of long-term things that you're thinking about aside from the physical locations? Are there things that you need to do with integration into sports wagering? Are there things that you have to do in terms of personnel or other regulations that you're looking at to accomplish between now and 2033? Continue with our um, broadcasting, which was uh, in the last five years has been a huge shift for the sport with how much we're on television now, over a thousand hours. Uh, there'll be six Fox show on primary Fox during Saratoga. That's unheard of. And in terms of sports betting, that's the distribution for the wagering product. Uh, those companies have signed up millions of accounts. Uh, we are kind of the original in terms of sports betting and getting our product and working with those partners is crucial to us. And we have, right now we work with MGM and Caesars um, and we encourage and we applaud all the other sports books that have started to move towards racing, such as DraftKings and PointsBet in the recent last few months. So we think it's it's big. It's it's distribution and physical uh, experience, like the on-track experience is the two pieces that we want to continue to move forward. We've been working on the TV and the wagering distribution. Now it's uh, now it's time to to capture the the correct experience for the down track here in New York. Downstate tracks so. And how much of achieving that future is contingent on working with your allies in the state legislature and in the governor? And I have to imagine if that is part of the course moving forward, you feel pretty confident considering you are a, a power player in Albany ranked number 46 on city and state's uh, list of Albany power players. We're the trustee of the state's asset. This is about New York thoroughbred racing and always has been, always will be. And we're, I can't thank the governor and the legislature enough for the opportunity to redevelop Belmont. And 
Absolutely, we are working with them. They're our partners, uh, in many ways, our boss. You know, I think we've done well in the last few years to prove that we can start to move this sport into a more modern space, for lack of a better way of putting it. But to your earlier point, bringing those fans out to the track and that experience and that initial impression, and specifically for families, is big. And I think having a modern Belmont scaled down and when you, as you're scaling down, you're replacing with uh, open green space. I think it's huge. And I think it's going to work really well right here on, you know, right on the outskirts of New York City. And as you think about that future, how, if at all, are you setting up Naira for the possibility that a future franchise agreement could either contain less revenue from video lottery terminals, that's revenue that's generated by uh, Resorts World in Queens, or the complete end of that revenue if state lawmakers decide that's how they want to, to write the future franchise agreement? Hypotheticals on 2033, in 2030-31, we probably get a little more definitive on what the moving parts are. Right now, it's about moving the business in the right direction and uh, you know, delivering for the state and all of our stakeholders a good product and a product that's evolving and, and moving forward. And I believe that we're on the right path to do that. And we are doing that. Well, then in the more immediate future, we've got the meet at the Saratoga race course coming up in about a month. What, if anything, is going to be or look different to consumers for this year's meet? Within the grandstand, you'll, you'll see a further development of some of the concessions. You know, with Saratoga, it's about evolving slowly working with the historical society up there and really just polishing the jewel in a lot of ways. So you'll see uh, concession stands specifically near the uh, winter circle right behind it on the grandstand side will be redone and there'll be other similar type projects, but nothing, um, no 1863 going on. So nothing crazy. Well, at some point this summer, there's going to be rumors circulating that you guys are going to either ch switch to four days of racing each week, seven days of racing each week. You're going to stretch out to a 60-day meet, a 75-day meet. Uh, Saratoga is going to go into December or something. Would you like to put to rest all of those rumors right now? I assume there are not any sort of major calendar changes envisioned for Saratoga now or the immediate future? We could put those to rest for now. Now, as we get further into the Belmont timeline and development with us here in Aqueduct, that's when we'll get a, a better look at, you know, in the next three years, how do we move our way through this project and uh, make sure that, you know, racing main is safe. Turf is always a big question. Like really, like Belmont here has so much turf that as we uh, start to shift some dates to try and complete the construction, uh, I think there's going to be some uh, give and take there terms of aqueduct specifically but we, we don't have that we won't have those answers dave until probably uh mid late summer if you do have to move some racing days away from belmont would that mean that racing would shift to aqueduct or would there be the potential for additional days in, at saratoga as a result solely of, of construction and therefore on uh, just a, a temporary basis i i couldn't answer that question now now if anything, it would be uh, one-offs and it wouldn't be 75 dates or anything like that. To move the construction and keep it on a timeline, what periods are impacted of the year? And that'll give us an idea seasonally what we need to do. And finally, the Belmont Stakes is coming up this weekend. Uh, I have yet to look at, at a program. Couldn't tell you anybody who's racing or not racing. So with that in mind, 
who should I be betting this biweekly paycheck on? Uh, and do you have like, a favorite? Uh, should I be thinking a show bet? Should I be doing some sort of exacta box? Where should I be putting my money with the understanding that I do have mortgage payments to make, Dave? I would focus on the Belmont. It's a great betting race this year. I believe I would key Forte and an exactor trifectas and try and get some value in that, uh, on that bet slip. So with Forte, pick a cup. Anyone can win this race. You know, that's always the case, but I, obviously I think that horse has the best chance. So key Forte with, uh, with whoever else you, you like and, and look for some value. And do you have any undercover boss plans for the Belmont Six? Are you going to be like trying to get into the infield as like an unruly patron or something like that, or demand to to race or something and see how security handles it? I can't tell you that, can I? Very smart. Well, we've been speaking with David O'Rourke. He is the president and CEO of the New York Racing Association. David, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Dave. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. for Capital Press Room provided by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation. Communities across the Empire State have stories to tell. A roadside marker funded by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation can help your town or city educate the public, encourage pride of place, and promote local tourism. More about the Pomeroy Foundation's New York State Historic Marker Grant Program for 501c3 organizations, nonprofit academic institutions, and local state and federal government entities at wgpfoundation.org.